It's Joe Batant, and this is a very special edition of RuPaul Radio. We're going to focus today on Cher. This is the new thing that we're doing now, is we're going to kind of uh, try and do change RuPaul Radio so it's a broad, very, very broad overview of uh, important music in gay history, either important gay icons or important uh, gay themes, whether it, it, it could be anything, but music that's important to gay people. And today we're going to focus on Cher. Again, we're going to give a very broad overview of her career, really punctuated by music and sort of filling the spaces in between the music. For those of you who are Cher experts out there, obviously you're going to be like, well, what about this and what about that? Because we're going to we're going to skip whole almost near decades of her career. You know, there's a you'll as you'll see there is a part where we're going to skip like eight years, but that's because she wasn't putting out a lot of music. This is really about the focus on the music of Cher and sort of her life story and why. And we'll get, I guess we'll try. I've been getting emails of people that ask me, they want to know, well, why are gay people attracted to these people? I don't, bitch, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I don't, sociologist. I don't, I don't know this. I didn't do, I, I, I did an impromptu radio show about this. And they're like, well, Joe didn't tell us why that's important. I'm like, what, what am, who am I? Right? I, I was doing an impromptu thing. And that's what we're going to do today. Is that same impromptu thing with the help 
of Wikipedia. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Everything's coming from Wikipedia and me, a lot of it condensing it. But today we're talking about the woman who was born Sherilyn Sarkeesian in El Centro, California on May 20th, 1946, meaning we just passed a few days ago her 72nd birthday. So uh, maybe, you know what? This is Cher's 72nd birthday show. I didn't want to tell you guys this. That's what it is. Her dad was named John Sarkeesian, and he was an Armenian-American truck driver who uh, had a difficult relationship with drugs and gambling. Uh, and her mom, Georgia Holt, left him when she, when Cher was just like 10 months old, when she was really, really young. Uh, they got divorced. And then she met Georgia Holt, who we all saw in season six of RuPaul's Drag Race, then married an actor by the name of John Southall, okay? And that's who they, that she had another kid named George Ann, and that's Cher's half-sister. Obviously, you can tell I'm glancing at Wikipedia as I do this. At, at this point now, we're gonna, we are going to jump around a bit because then we'll just be here all day. Uh, then there's a divorce from John Southall. It seems like Georgia Holt has, she's the one who has a very, like, uh, sad history with men. She's constantly getting with men who uh, don't treat her right. And so she tries, Georgia Holt actually tries doing some acting in Los Angeles herself, get some bit parts for Cher and her sister. Um, but then they, you know, they're broke. I mean, there's little bit parts. And so they land up moving around the country a lot. They had very little money. Uh, in fact, at one point, Cher talks about the, 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 that the mom left her in an orphanage for a few weeks uh, because she couldn't take care of Cher. And then uh, eventually, uh, Georgia Holt married a, a, a wealthy man, or at least a well-off man named Gilbert LaPierre, and he adopted Cher, Okay. And she, he actually gave her her name, making her Cheryl LaPierre. And then Cher went to some fancy uh, school in L.A., in the Valley. And that's where she, people started to notice her. You know, she didn't do very well at school, but she was really good at, like, acting. And she, like, dressed really fiercely, and everyone noticed Cher. Okay? And then at 16, Cher drops out of school, moves out of the mom's house, and goes to Los Angeles. She starts taking acting classes. And she starts dancing in clubs on the Sunset Strip. She wants to meet anybody who helps her break into the business. Okay? she she, And that's how she meets a very, very important person in her life. Performer Sonny Bono. Okay? In 1962, when she's 16 years old, she meets Sonny Bono. Who, at the time, Sonny Bono was working for Phil Spector. Okay? So... Uh, at a certain point, Cher had a roommate when she was living in L.A., and uh, so she ne- the mo- the roommate moves out. She's done, right? So Sonny is like, and this is kind of creepy, to his 16-year-old friend, says, hey, why don't you become my housekeeper? Which I, Who's buying that, right? And she becomes, she, so she gets to move in with Sonny and, 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 you know, under the guise of being his housekeeper. Now, Sonny introduces Cher to Phil Spector. Who used her as a backup singer on this on the Ronettes "Be My Baby" and the Righteous Brothers? You lost that loving feeling. He even produces the first single that goes nowhere called "Ringo, I Love You." Uh, she recorded under the name Bonnie Jo Mason. And then, as this as this is going on, Cher and Sonny become close friends. Then they actually become lovers. They even have some weird fake wedding ceremony in, in TJ in nineteen sixty four. 
And now Sonny always, 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 always saw the star in Cher. And he wanted to promote her as a solo act. Okay, But she had terrible, terrible stage fright. So she would only go on stage if if Sonny went on stage with her. So he agreed to do it. So he would just sort of sing harmonies. Okay? He would sing harmonies um, uh, for Cher. And then she would just stare at him because she was so scared. She would she would just stare into his eyes, and that's how she would sing. Um, and then they cut. They recorded a couple of few singles like that, but again, those singles went nowhere. Okay. Then Cher signed with a really small record label called Liberty Records. Okay. And Sonny becomes a producer. Okay. They release a single called Dream Baby. We're not playing that today, but it did get on the radio. But then they release a single. Okay, that we're going to talk about right now. It's not the one you're thinking about just yet. They release a single that actually gets some traction. Okay? And th- uh, the band, the 60s band, uh, called The Birds. If, if you're gay and young, you don't know. That's right. The Birds are a big band. Okay? They record that same single, but they like shares so much that the birds and the record label decide not to promote their single version of this same song. Because Cher's doing a cover of a Bob Dylan song. So what we're going to play right now is a Bob Dylan song. Cher's doing a cover. The birds do a cover at the same time. They like Cher's song so much. They're like, you know what? We're going to let Cher have this one. Here it is. Cher's very first mildly hit single. All I Really Want to Do, originally written by uh, Bob Dylan, also covered by the birds, but here is Cher. Baby, be 
Cher, that's an 18-year-old Cher, by the way. 18 years old. She's only 18 years old there. And she records a song that hits number 16 on the Billboard 200. And uh, But that's but uh, unfortunately, that's pretty much where it goes. So Sonny and Cher are having trouble still trying to land, make it big. So the Rolling Stones actually say, listen, you know where you got to go. You got to go to England. They're going to love you. They're going to love you in England. You can't hit it big in the U.S. You got to go to England. So um, they record a song, and they head over to England, okay? Well, the problem is they had this weird look. I mean, it's the look that we know of Sonny and Cher. It really wasn't quite mod. It really wasn't... It, it, it wasn't really hippie. It was kind of its own style. I think it's kind of leaning into the hippie era because this is the mid-60s now. It's a very inspirational look. And so when they arrive at this swanky hotel in London... Their outfits are just so weird that the people in London, the, the hotel people, the hotel freaks out and kicks them out. And all the press is there to see them get kicked out of this hotel. And this makes Sonny and Cher immediately an overnight sensation because there was these two young people who got kicked out of the hotel for dressing cool. All right. Well, the song that they recorded before they went to England, right before they went to England, was this one. It's their biggest hit. I got you, babe. Sonny and Cher.
That's Sonny and Cher with I Got You, Babe. Clearly their biggest hit, but it wasn't their only hit, you know? After this controversy and this I Got You, Babe goes to number one on the Billboard Hot 100. And uh, it knocked the Beatles off of the top of the British charts. Uh, British kids started trying to dress like Sonny and Cher. They started wearing bell bottoms. They started wearing striped pants, ruffled shirts, uh, industrial zippers for a vet for a vest and then they come back to the u.s and they start showing up on all the big shows on the u.s they start touring in the biggest places um a lot of gr- she shares look actually influenced a lot of the look of a lot of young women who then remember when she was younger one of the things Cher talked about was she didn't like and this is something that was important to her that every you know, beautiful woman on TV at the time was blonde. She never, you never saw like dark haired, people that look like Cher. And so now all these, you know, women are trying to look like Cher. They start ironing their hair straight. They start dyeing it black. They start wearing the bell bottoms. And this is one of Cher's, you know, this is early on. She has an influential look. Uh, I mean, she has an influence on the way people look. Okay. Now, Sonny and Cher have a ton of hits over the next uh, few years. But at one point, they even had five top ten singles on at the same time. Only the Beatles and Elvis have ever done anything like that before. And so they had I Got You, Babe, and a, a bunch of other songs. But the other one that they had, this was a big one for them as well. All at the same time, it's Sonny and Cher with The Beat Goes On. goes on The beat goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain la da 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 dee la da 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 Charleston was once the rage Grandma 
share with the beat goes on now uh here's a deal sunny always did see share as really the the musical talent as the talent so that never ended him trying or his trying to uh promote her musical career so uh she came out with a solo album and she's singing a song that i learned actually in prepping for this show that Sonny wrote. What's funny, when I was talking to uh, co-host of the show, uh, Taylor the Latte Boy, about this song, he said, oh, the Nancy Sinatra song? Nancy Sinatra sang that song. What I learned is, no. Cher is the original singer of this song. Nancy Sinatra did a cover of this song because Sonny Bono wrote it for her. Here it is. Bang, bang, my baby shot me down. 1966, Cher. From the album, The Sunny Side of Cher. I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white. He would always win the fight. Bang, bang. He shot me down. Bang, bang. I hit the ground. Bang, bang. That awful sound. Bang, bang. My baby shot me. Say goodbye, he didn't take 
time to lie Bang, bang She shut me down Bang, bang I hit the ground Bang, bang That awful sound Bang, bang My baby shut me Here's what happens after that is the 60s start to come to an end and we start to hit the late 60s. And this is when classic rock like Jefferson Airplane, Cream, Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton start to become the new big thing. And the kind of music that Sonny and Cher were making just wasn't hidden anymore. So uh, they, they start to like lose popularity the, 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 they, they, uh, it, it gets really bad. So what happens is then they, um, they try to do everything they can to fix it. But the fact that they're like, you know, this is during the free love movement and they're married and there's, you know, they're with each other and they're, they actually came out with an anti-drug thing. Um, uh, and so they're not as popular with the kids anymore. And they, they, they try everything they can to like, they try and release albums, they try and release songs. But it's just not hitting. Everything keeps bombing, right? They, they, everything that they try and do just bombs, 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 bombs. Um, their relationship actually hits the skids, and they actually talk about maybe breaking up. But believe it or not, they're actually not officially married. But Sonny tells Cher, no, 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 you're the one for me. I want to have kids. And so that's when they have Chastity Bono in 1969, who later becomes Chaz Bono. And then they try to make a movie, and that failed, and they, they put them more in debt because they had financed the movie themselves. So then they start going around because they can't support themselves. They start going around and doing a nightclub act. But the nightclub act was so bad that people start heckling them. Well, Cher, who doesn't put up with shit, she starts heckling them back. And then she starts giving it to Sonny. And everyone thinks that's great. And so the, the, the nightclub act becomes a huge hit when she realizes, oh, that Cher's funny. And so then they get the TV executives take notice and they get the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour, which is a gigantic hit. It's a variety show. It's a gigantic hit. And people love to see what Cher's wearing. And she's singing all these variety shows were sort of big then. Right. And Bob Mackie was the the fashion designer and she'd come out in all these different outfits. And this is actually probably where gay guys just I mean, they probably already always loved Cher. But this is when they really start to... uh, take notice well you know Sonny still sees Cher as his big musical talent but the the record companies start to realize like you know what Sonny doesn't really know what the fuck he's talking about let's bring somebody in so they bring in a guy this cap records brings in a guy named snuff garrett to work with Sonny and Cher. okay and now he becomes Cher's producer she's still married to Sonny, but he becomes Cher's producer and now she gets her very first under snuff garrett solo Number one single. Here it is. <laughs> I have to learn how to operate my own machinery. Here it is. Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. My mama used to dance for the money they'd throw. Mama would do whatever he could. Preach a little gospel. Sell a couple bottles of doctor. Ooh. 
Cher with Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. Big single for Cher. One of her biggest hits. And uh, so then what happens is then, like I told you, Sonny always saw himself as the architect of Cher's career. So now they have this big hit, I'm sure, with, with Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. And there's a part of Sonny that's like, fuck no, and he starts trying to take control again. So uh, what happens is... Then uh, Snuff Garrett's like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. And he quits, right? And then Sonny takes control again. And they have uh, another, he came up with this album called Foxy Lady, uh, which people like this album. I actually think Garrett's still involved with Foxy Lady. It's after Foxy Lady that he and Sonny have a big disagreement. Uh, but it's, I'm sorry, it's The Bittersweet White Light is the name of the album that was totally a bomb. Right, and so it's like, ugh, here we are back again. But then someone, um, this woman named Mary Dean, brings Garrett a song, snuff Garrett a song. That uh, it's a song about a daughter of a Cherokee mother and a white father. That this, this Mary Dean had written especially for Cher. And even though he's not working with Cher, he was like, oh, this is this is a good song, and it has to be to Cher. So he waited until he got Cher back. And then this is when this album, this album, song, Half Breed, I can't talk. Half Breed comes out from the album of the same name. Here we go. It's her second U.S. solo number one single. Some people have a problem with it. Culture, cultural appropriation. But here it is. Cher's, one of Cher's biggest hits, Half Breed, RuPaul Radio.
not share with Halfbreed, but you know what? The hits keep on going. It doesn't stop. Her very next album, name, the song also has the same name as her third U.S. solo number one. Surfetch97 loves this song. Here it is. Dark Lady by Cher. The fortune queen of New Orleans is brushing her cat and her black limousine. On the backseat were scratches from the marks of man her Two cards, queen and a three, and mumbled some words that were so strange to me. And then she turned up a two-eyed jack. My eyes saw red, but the cards still stayed black. Said the man you love is secretly true to someone else who is very close to you. My advice is that you leave this place. Never come back and forget you ever saw my face That's Cher with Dark Lady. Now, here's, you know, speaking of Dark Lady, this is where we're going to go into, like, a very, very, uh, a weird spot in Cher's career. It's uh, around 1974 that um, Sonny and Cher finally break up, okay? Uh, Sonny cites irreconcilable differences. Cher says that he put her into involuntary servitude and was stealing her money. 
you know, wasn't paying her what she was owed. And they fought for years and years, uh, for a couple of years, actually. And during those two years, she did David Geffen. You know, it meant the end of their variety show, which was very popular. Um, and uh, Sonny tries to go off on his own with his comedy show. That bombs. Cher, uh, she tries her own comedy show. It starts for, it, it does well for a while, but it, but then it, that also finally tanks, you know? And um, then she tries to do rock music. It's like a weird five years where her career just sort of just dies. Um, she starts to do rock music. She tries to start another variety. She and Sonny, even though they're divorced, try to bring the Sonny and Cher show back together. The first divorced couple to ever host a show. That bombs. Um, she gets married to Greg Allman. They have a son named Elijah Blue. Um, and just, it's just, it's just not going well. She dates Gene Simmons. It's like a whole thing, but it is, I will say it's during when she's dating Gene Simmons that she makes her name officially, officially share, just share. Okay. And, um, when she's doing that, this is when disco now is, becoming a huge hit okay and uh it's it's big so she decides to jump on the disco bandwagon so she comes out with this this by by the way this is five years later this is like an 80 when does this come out here um 1979 yeah 1974 1979 just five years where just Cher cannot make it happen until she comes with this hit song it was actually a lip sync for your life song on RuPaul's Drag Race here it is take me home it's a disco song. You're gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be weird going from dark lady to disco. Here it is. Share on RuPaul Radio. i 
Is it bad that I'm just going to end that song there? Because I just realized that that song goes on for seven minutes, like most disco songs. It just goes on forever. And believe it or not, it's really... Uh, when you look at Cher's musical career, it's actually her last big chart single. It's actually her only... If you think about it, it's her only chart single for in, in, a, in a long while. Because 74, you have Dark Lady. 79, you have this song. And it's not... Now, again... I know there's going to be big share fans who have, oh, this album's great, that album's great. But really, it's like she kind of gives up on music. She tries a little bit of a rock career after that. That doesn't go anywhere. Uh, people just don't want to hear Cher singing rock and roll. And she has little duets. She has a duet with Meatloaf that kind of has some minor success. She has some songs. I know someone mentioned Hell on Wheels, which was her roller derby kind of foray uh into that and that one is is a moderate success but for the most part no monster hits um for a while so she kind of gives up on music and that's when she gets into the movies and that's when she starts doing uh silkwood and she does moonstruck and she does mask and she does she just starts making movies and it's not until eight years this is 79 was take me home eight years later she does actually start venturing into music again. Eight years later, after she's won an Oscar and she's been in all these huge movies. Now she's also a movie star. She comes with, gosh, we all know this song. Uh, we're going to play right now when Joe knows how you work his equipment. If I Could Turn Back Time, 1987.
got some time there wrong some if, if i could turn back time i would tell you that i messed up the years there this actually comes out before the oscar but anyway the hits continue where she does a duet with peter satara called after all which by the way if you remember it's how we closed season six of our show well, here it is Cher and peter satara
There it is, Cher and Peter Cetera there with After All, the theme song from the movie Chances Are. And uh, then, again, there's a big three-year break where Cher doesn't do any movies. She just, she just kind of performs in Las Vegas. Uh, and then she makes her first film in three years, 1990. She makes the film Mermaids with Winona Ryder. And this is the song she records for the soundtrack from that film. Share with uh, the Shoop Shoop song. It actually was a huge hit for Cher, in case you never heard it, from the movie Mermaids, which, by the way, she had a terrible experience making the film Mermaids. So, so much so that she started turning down a whole bunch of films, films that went on to be big hits because she didn't want to make another movie. She had such a miserable time making Mermaids. And so what she does, then she gets really sick. She gets diagnosed with something called Epstein-Barr syndrome, and so she has chronic fatigue from it. And uh, she doesn't do much. So what she does, because it's easy, is she does some infomercials. And what happens is because she did infomercials, that she just thought she was doing to keep busy, you know, make some money. And it did actually. So the infomercials actually made her a lot of money. 
she earned close to $10 million just in the fees that she did just to make those infomercials. But it kind of ruined her career. She had trouble getting work after that. She just didn't really work again for another eight years or so. She I mean, she did little things. She had bit parts here, and, and she made some a little bit of music there. Would she show up on this compilation, that compilation? And made movies and directed some pieces here and there. But for the most part, didn't really work that much until... She comes back, unfortunately, for very, very sad reasons. In 1998, in a skiing accident, her ex-husband, her one of only two husbands, Sonny Bono, dies in a skiing accident. And actually, it devastated her emotionally, and she gave a very tearful eulogy at his funeral. So that's actually 20 years ago this year uh, that Sonny is killed in in that skiing accident. But it's also in that same year that she comes out with her 22nd studio album. And it's a gigantic hit for her. Here it is. I can't believe it's been 20 years since this song. It's Believe by Cher.
and that's Share with Believe, her uh, big hit from 1998. And then what happens is that Share then, for the next 10 years or 10 to 12 years, just becomes a fucking touring machine. She has the most successful tour ever led by a woman. It's actually a farewell tour that keeps getting extended and extended and extended because it's so um, um, successful. She has a residency in Las Vegas. It's crazy uh, successful. And during that time, that's what she's doing. She's touring and touring and touring. And it's a, it's a big success for her, even though she's not making new music. Like I said, Mermaid was such a miserable experience for her. She doesn't lead another movie for a long time and only does very few appearances, kind of cameos in, in things. She doesn't really take a starring role. It's not until 2010 that she co-starred with Skirt Russell, who we learned was an extra in Burlesque. In the song Burlesque. Now, I played at the top of the show. Her, she had two songs in Burlesque. I played one at the top of the show. But I thought this was a nice way to sort of cap off the musical career of Cher. It was right here in, in, in the ironically titled You Haven't Seen the Last of Me. Here it is from 2010. Cher. Feeling broken. Barely holding on. There's still something so strong Somewhere inside me And I am down But I'll get up again Don't count me out just yet I've been brought Down to my knees And I've been pushed Way past the point but I can't take it I'll be back Back on my feet This is far from over You haven't seen the last of me You haven't seen the last of me They can say that I won't stay around But I'm Haven't seen the last of me. No, no, I'm not going down. 
last of me You haven't seen the last of me Well, for a long time, it was the last we ever saw of Cher. She's sort of been sort of hiding out in her little castle in Malibu. But, uh, you know, she, as we learned, she is coming back. She's coming back, everyone. She is going to be in Mamma Mia 2, where she will be playing... Um, uh, who is she playing? She's playing Ruby Sheridan, the grandmother of Sophie, uh, played by Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried? Yep, that's right. And the mother of uh, Donna, played by Meryl Streep. And she also confirmed that she'll be singing two ABBA songs, Super Trooper and Fernando. Uh, and we've seen a piece of that in the in the trailer that's aired. So there's more share to come. And it doesn't seem like she. I mean, I think she's just sort of realized, bitch. I'm a share. I'm share. I'm a legend. And guys, look. What? So I often get the question, what does this all mean? I don't know what it means. I'm not the world's biggest share fan, but I do realize she's important to gay culture. I do realize that there are a lot of gay men, especially of a certain age, that love share, who will probably listen to this and be like, oh, well, he missed this song and he missed that song and Joe missed this song. That's not the point of this. Remember, the point of this gay history is so that the young gays, like our roving cub reporter Aiden Deem, or as... Um, you know, uh, one of the new members of the House of Batants, Brett Baxley, you know, can can attest. Like, they need to know a broad stroke. And then what happens is then if they want to go deeper into the world of Cher, into the live of Cher, then they can do that. But this is an introduction to, like, here's who this person is. Why is she important to gay men? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it might be like I gave you, but we didn't talk about all her series of romances with younger men that she had in the 80s. Like she dated Tom Cruise and Rob Camaletti, the bagel guy from New York. And she had a lot of famous, you know, uh, you know, relationships with famous men and a lot of them broke her heart. I don't, I can't venture to guess why gay men love her. I think it could be something as simple as she's a skinny girl who looks good in clothes and she wears fierce clothes. It's just the same way that they like a drag queen. Why do they like a drag queen? You know? And uh, I think they also like a powerful woman. She's a powerful woman. It's not up to me to decide why gay men love her. I just know that they do. And I was hoping that this would be, and I know it is, a broad stroke into the life and career of a woman that a lot of gay men look up to. And I hope that if you've never heard Cher, or if you don't know that much about Cher, you've gotten a peak and if you want to learn more then go to her wikipedia page you'll see a lot of the stuff that i said and you'll see more details listen to her albums they're available now all her albums are at your fingertips now and this is just an introduction a broad introduction into the life of Cher. i do want to play one more thing before we go and that is um it's a it's, it's a very strange moment so Cher was on david letterman on november 13th 1987, okay? I don't know what she's promoting. I'm assuming she's promoting Moonstruck or who knows what, right? And she, for what I'm going to tell you right now, she gets very, very angry at Letterman. She's mad at him for years, actually, because of this. But he surprises her and brings Sonny Bono onto the show. Now, she plays it cool in the show, but then... You know, she had a very tumultuous and not very good relationship with Sonny Bono. But as she said, she always loved him. She just didn't know where he fit in in her life. And they couldn't get along. 
But after like Letterman sort of like hammers Sonny and Cher on the show, he gets them to sing I Got You, Babe. And so here it is from November 13th, 1987, even though she's so awkwardly doesn't want to do this. You have to watch it to see. It's the last time that Sonny and Cher ever sing I Got You, Babe. And it's actually, I think this is the last time they're ever together in public, actually. I could be wrong here, but here it is. I Sonny. mentioned it to Sonny, and uh, is there any chance in hell that you two would sing for us tonight together? No, hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. Because none of, none of this has been discussed prior to the show. It's sort of a last-minute thing. It's entirely up to you. Oh, you are so full of... <laughs> you know the song, don't you, Paul? Yeah, you, know. you guys are ready to go. It's going to be... And when we have it, it's on cue cards. It's are ready to go. Me? No. What are you kidding me? And you weren't prepared for it, Dave? We were. We were. We, we knew you weren't. Come on. This will be great. I might do a couple of bars. Oh. Oh. We'll do a commercial. And then, maybe. Uh, okay, now what do you think? You want to try a little of this now? Oh, you, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. You have a kind of a sore throat. Uh, yes. But you I sounded really, great. Yeah, but I was so nervous. And I, and I, We're I all a little nervous, right. but this would be a wonderful way. I wasn't nervous to be on the show with you. I was nervous <laughs> to be on the show with you. Oh, well. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Now, it's right there. You can give it a shot. Yeah, go right over there. Come on. You'll love it. Sunny and I. They say we're young and we don't know We won't find out until we grow I don't know if all that's true Cause you got me and baby, I got you Babe, I got you babe I got you babe I guess that's so we don't have a pot, but at least I'm sure of all the things we got.
like a child without a home The love you give me keeps me hanging on Oh honey, all I ever need is you You're my first love, you're my last You're my future, you're my Loving you is all I ask, honey. All I ever need is you. Winners come and they go, and we watch the melting Honey, all I ever need is 